1: Curtis Lewa! Curtis Lewa! Rip and Reed! Check this out! This is the Rip and Reed, featuring Curtis Lewa. about now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. This is the Rip and Reed. <laughs> Billy Idol, and there are three different columns you can look at. Your Chinese menu, Justin, write it down. You got the lawyers who have gone into court to get temporary restraining orders to block the movement of the illegal aliens into hotels, motels, holiday inns without the express, into uh, what were normal shelters, and in this time where... Eric Adams, Swagger Man with No Plan, and Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb uh, are declaring uh, that certain executive emergency uh, privileges can be applied. They're able to redact all expenses. They're able to do things and move lightning fast under the cover of darkness and then drop illegal aliens onto you. If it's Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb, it's state-owned property of which they're are lots that she's made available to Eric Adams. There's now federal properties that have been made available to Eric Adams. And, of course, there is city-owned property. So you have the lawyers who are going into court to try to block it with preliminary injunctions and then ready to do legal battle. That's one level. Then you have the politicians, uh, both Republicans and Democrats, sometimes working in unity, to block the migrant centers from being shoved down the throats of their community under the cover of darkness. And then, could I have a little music? Keep it low there, Lou. You have yours truly, Curtis Lewell, who has been called by many around the city where we have organized demonstrations to stop the migrants, stop the tents, stop the invasion. I am the leader of the rebel faction. That's right, Justin. Up with the rebels! And we are planning, as we speak, to ratchet up our measures. I mean, we're talking about human blockades around facilities. Eighteen-wheeler tractor-trailers, trucks, cars, vans, taking over bridges, expressways. This is just the tip of the iceberg, what you saw at St. John's Villa Academy the other night. And over the weekend, where they continue their vigil round the clock until every illegal alien is removed from those hollow grounds. They're not going to get away with this. And you would think, you would think that after yesterday, Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, would find his manhood, his coolons, his weibos, his balls. He's a eunuch. He's a gelding constantly afraid to name and shame critics of our city he won't call out AOC all out crazy Alexandria Ocasio Cortez leader of the socialists he won't call out President Joe Biden he won't call out members leaders of the assembly and the state senate where they have a video proof majority of democrats he won't do that nor call out the governor. he is impotent Yet, he's more than happy to go dancing and prancing in Washington every time there's a gathering of black leaders from around urban America and say what he has said now on three occasions.
0: I, I'm the CEO of the largest corporation in America, and my bald head, earring-wearing swagger is running this city my way. Yeah, yeah. My way. Yeah. That's swag.
1: Yes, sir. Right into the ground. That's where he's running us. And the exodus continues. Ladies and gentlemen, over a trillion dollars of wealth and equity have left New York City since he was sworn into office. As Jesus had told him when he woke up in a cold sweat in a bed 30 years before, Jesus told him that he would be sworn in as mayor. of The city of New York on January 1st of 2022. Now. You ask me that's one of the levels of schizophrenia I deal with emotionally disturbed persons all the time in the subways and streets, many who claim to have conversations with Jesus. As screwballs, not jobs, and so is he. He thinks he's divinely guided. He thinks he is the CEO of the largest corporation in America. Oh man, is this guy off on, on Eagle Trip? Then he continues to profess love from the man who has single-handedly opened up the gates and allowed this tsunami to take place from Mexico into the United States, Papa Chulo, Joe Biden, who during his campaign against then-President Donald Trump said to the illegals who were amassing at the border, Who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? I get elected, you're going to flood on in, and you'll always remember, I'm your Papa Chula. Listen to what recently, what, Eric Adams continues to say about Joe Biden.
0: I'm the Biden of Brooklyn, and I love the fact that the president is coming here. I met with him uh, after the campaign, and we spoke, and we just connected, you know. And I'm sure if you were to ask him what is his favorite mayor, he'll clearly tell you it's Eric, you know. (laughs) We just, you know, we, we just, you know, just really like each other.
1: kissing joe biden took his hand joe biden right let's face it he's almost like at the level of dementia played him like the sucker that eric adams is this white cracker played him like the sucker that he is joe biden hasn't given him a nickel diamond penny nothing he's gone he's humiliated himself with a tin cup in his hand always begging for money you know what Joe Biden gave Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan? He gave him bupkis. He gave him Ugats. But that didn't stop Eric Adams from uh, his form of idolatry for Joe Biden. He wanted to be just like Joe.
0: His age is, 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 is excellent. We need the wisdom. We need the skill set. We need the experience. You know, this, this, this president has navigated us out of these difficult times.
1: Oh, kissing that cracker's ass big time. I mean, Eric Adams' lips were hermetically sealed to Joe Biden's backside. He even went on to say, I'm the Biden of Brooklyn. How many times? I'm the Biden of Brooklyn. I'm the Biden of Brooklyn. He bucked. He bowed. He basically would have been there and would have held the suit bag for Joe Biden on his many trips. He did everything to praise Joe Biden. What did Joe Biden do in return? Nothing. What did the Schmuck to Chuck Chuckie Cheese, Schumer do? Who can find money even under the sofa covers of a Castro convertible? Nothing. Haki Jeffries, who can quote Biggie Smalls, but when it comes time to loot, he can't loot our treasury for New York City. No, and he won't. And then, of course, there's Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb. They were like partners in solidarity, unlike any governor mayoral elect uh, relationship I've ever seen. And I saw the worst, Nelson Rockefeller with John Lindsay. I saw Rudy Giuliani with George Pataki up until 9-11. They were like two scorpions in a brandy glass. And naturally, Andrew Evil Como Cuomo, King Cuomo II, the son of Mario Faccia Bruta Cuomo. Hey, Andrew, ascendeme, tu siu provinos facin. And like your father, Mario, you are. And actually, the guy he pimp slapped around, Comrade Bill de Blasio, the part-time mayor the dope from Park Slope. Listen to what uh, Eric Adams recently said about his relationship with Kathy Crimewave Holcomb when it seemed like it was beginning to fracture in front of us.
0: People want to see the governor and I fight. That's not going to happen. I like her. She likes me, and the things that we can learn from each other, we are going to do together.
1: I like her, she likes me. Sounds like the Barney song, right? The political Barney song. I hated Barney. When I was forced to watch Barney with my three sons growing up, Anthony Carter Hunter, man, I wanted to take a forty-four Magnum and just blow that, that purple uh, people eater away. I hated Barney, but let's get on point. Yesterday, that Pisha, that schmendrick, that person of no consequence, Mayorkas, head of the Department of Homeland Security, who does everything to make us less secure, wrote a scathing letter to Eric Adams personally and to Kathy Hochul personally, and eviscerated them. Uh, for Eric, he said, you're inept. We've helped you. We've made recommendations. You haven't done it in dealing with your, the migrant mess. It's on you. It's all on you, Eric. And Kathy Hochul, likewise, we've tried to help you as a state, the state executive. We've tried to make recommendations. I've had a task force go in from Buffalo to Plattsburgh, all the way to, uh, Newburgh down to New York City. And you guys, you don't know, have your act together. He humiliated the mayor. He humiliated Kathy Hochul. And they've yet to respond. Justin, it's almost 24 hours. What are they waiting for? Why are they holding back on their rhetorical fire? Have they become so impotent is Eric Adams so married to this concept that one day he's going to run for the presidency of the United States and be the third black American president? That's right. Three, Bill Clinton, Barack Obama, and then Eric Adams over my dead body. He believes his path to victory is all these Hispanics coming in will one day be normalized. They'll have anchor babies. They'll marry. Then you ain't getting them back and then all of a sudden they'll be able to vote in municipal elections, county elections, statewide elections, maybe never federal elections, but definitely in the bluest of blue states, New York, that is a possibility. So he thinks eventually he can become president of the United States as the Democratic nominee with the majority of a black vote and a growing Latino vote. The guy is uh, in a drug-induced psychosis. He must be smoking Maui, Wawi and Hindu Kush. And Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb is completely lost. She is so inept. She has fallen into the abyss that if uh, Andrew Evilized Como would shut up in that compound out that Fredo owns out in the Southampton and just disappear for two years, there would be a chorus of Democrats who would want him to run against Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb in a primary. And if he minded his P's and Q's and would just shut up, something that Cuomo was incapable of doing, he might actually oust her at the ballot box. But what the hell do I know? I've just been around for 69 years. I know the good, the bad, the ugly. The reason I got this job at WABC was because of the king of talk radio, Bob Grant. Nobody wanted to hire me. They thought I was a street urchin. Said he's a high school dropout. What does he know? And Bob Grant, at that time, the king of talk radio, said, Curtis Sliwa knows where all the bones are buried and who buried them. You need Curtis Sleewa. And because of him endorsing me, I've been here most of my 35 years in talk radio at WABC, which now stands for Always Broadcasting Curtis. for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. Now, to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. Curtis doesn't know about you, but he rips and reads. This is the Rip and Read.
0: Legend lives on from the Chippewa on down of the big lake they call Kitchigoomy. The lake, it is said, never gives up her dead when the skies of November turn gloomy. With a load of iron ore, 26,000 tons more than the Edmund Fitzgerald weighed empty. That good ship and true was a bone to be chewed When the gales of November came early
1: Oh, what a great song. The ship was the We lost the, the great storytelling the folk Sunday singer Gordon Lightfoot of Canada. told and sang many a story about the Great Lakes that separate the United States from Canada. And my father was, was raised in Chicago. Right on Lake Michigan. And when I was a boy and we traveled to Chicago by car, we'd stop in Cleveland along Lake Erie and Buffalo Lake Erie and tell me about Lake Saginaw, the iron ore and the, the ships up there. And we'd give me the whole history of many boats that had gone down to Davy Jones's locker in the Great Lakes. My dad ended up having to leave high school in the Depression his sophomore year, he was going to Lane Tech in Chicago, sail flatboats down the Mississippi, then banana barges out to Guatemala and Honduras and send the remittance, the money back, to sustain the Sliwa family in America's worst economic times. And then right before World War II, signed up with the Merchant Marines, married my mother in St. Patrick's Cathedral like so many others, Francesca and went off to war. Per capita, per person, the merchant mariners lost more men than any of the services. But oftentimes, uh, in the 54 years that he sailed, both cargo uh, ships, the Horace Lukemback, and then the Gulf Deer, the oil tanker, and would come through the Straits of the Verrazano, through the Arthur Kill and the Kill Van Cole, to the tank farms, further in the south shore of Staten Island. We would come out to pick them up, to bring them home to Canarsie for a few days while the crew would pump out the crude and then hot steam it down and then put a new load in, and they'd take it somewhere else, anywhere in the world, on the seven seas. That was the life of my father, eight months at sea, four months at home. And oftentimes he would take me to Snug Harbor, And we would go see his pals, the old seamen, because that was the first ever actual, you could call it the Merchant Mariners Seamen Home for Retired Merchant Seamen. It was magnificent, set up in the 1800s. In fact, I remember looking at all the pictures on the wall of the five buildings. One was administrative, the others were dormitories. Captain Thomas Melville was a retired sea captain and brother of Moby Dick author Herman Melville, and he was designated governor of Snug Harbor. It had a 1,000 retired sailors in uh, Snug Harbor, and in fact, across the street, there was a cemetery that held upwards of, I think it was, uh, my father told me, 7,000 bodies. And back then, they had the headstones. And there were also military service soldiers there who were buried. And then recently, when I went back across the street, Lou, all the headstones were gone. The cemetery was still there. And I asked someone in the area, I said, what happened to the headstones? He said they were removed in the 1980s and put into storage for preservation. After the cemetery became inactive, I said, you can't do that. He's a man of honor. You took their tombstones away, men who had fought in war, men who had survived against all odds, 7,000 bodies without tombstones. Because there's no one to speak for the merchant mariners. Well, the merchant mariners who were retired were moved to North Carolina in the 70s, late 70s. And then it was turned into a cultural center, landmarks galore. New York City landmarks, state landmarks, federal landmarks, run by the city. And a nonprofit does cultural events and has museums there. Bad news. Breaking news, please, Uh, Lou. Oh, God, I hope I'm wrong on this. Breaking News, WABC. Snug Harbor is now on the radar screen at City Hall. I've heard from a number of sources that there's going to be a move to put down the rebels on Staten Island and shove illegal aliens into every nook, cranny, and corner that they can. Because the biggest blowback has come from the rebels on Staten Island. Right there where St. John's Villa Academy is. They have set up a blockade. It's almost like Les Miserables. They've set up barricades. There are very few illegal aliens in the building, maybe anywhere from 8 to 24 remaining over what would have been 300. The community came out by the thousands. And I will tell you this. It's a trifecta, a troika, a trinity of activity. There is a legal front, his lawyers going into court each and every day trying to get emergency orders to stay, putting the illegal aliens into Fort Wadsworth, a federal facility that has had the blessing of the Biden administration. There are legal maneuvers now to stop them from putting them in the state New York State Armory on Manor Street. That is the intention of Kathy Crimewave Holcomb. And then of course, as you know, Saint John's Villa where there is a stalemate, and the senior citizen home in Midland Beach, which has been cleared out of 200 senior citizens, many of them from the greatest generation, the last being a 95-year-old widow whose husband was a veteran, who fought in the Second World War, tossed to the street, told, go find your own accommodations to make room for these illegal aliens in a flood zone. Mayor Eric Adams said before he left for his week's vacation to get wine, dined and pocket line in the Hamptons and in Israel, he said, never will I put a migrant center in a flood zone. Liar. You can't trust them. That's a flood zone, Midland Beach. Remember, it got wiped out in Superstorm Sandy. Floyd Bennett Field, flood zone. He lies. He buys time. And he has said everything is in play. And increasingly, I am hearing Snug Harbor. It's personal to me. My father took me there on many occasions and introduced me to those brave merchant seamen. When they would sit in their halls, they actually had plugs that they could plug in and and listen to the radio. I remember when I was there, the sailors were listening at that time to the number one talk uh, station in the area, WMCA, which had Bob Grant, the King of Talk Radio. This was in the 60s, late 60s, early 70s, they would listen religiously. And my father would tell all kinds of sea tales, and they would swap stories. I couldn't get enough of that. And I remember my mother would say, hey, Chester, you act up. You know, the next time you come home, you could stay with your pals over there at Snug Harbor. I am telling you, City Hall, I know you're listening now. It's right on the North Shore. You are now causing me, as leader of the rebel faction, to ramp it up. And I'm going to tell you exactly what we're going to do, because there's transparency from our side, not your side. The politicians will do what they have to do, Republicans and Democrats. They've attended our rallies in Staten Island. They've been welcomed, because we know it's going to require a joint effort. The lawyers are busily active like bees in a beehive, in every court room that'll take a hearing on this issue. The pending one is St. John's Villa, which on Friday you had oh, the thrill of victory early in the afternoon. The temporary restraining order was granted by a judge in Staten Island, and then uh, the forces of evil went into Brooklyn Appellate Division, Eric Adams, and got what I would call a Solomon like split decision. The illegal aliens could return, and there will be a full court hearing on the question of whether they stay September 7th. So it was almost Solomon-like. And they tried to bring back the illegal aliens that they had bust out under court order. The sheriff actually escorted them out on Friday. And when they came back, they saw all the outraged citizens. The outraged citizens had set up a human barricade, a human blockade. And you remember the pictures. Although the language was a bit coarse, I could have uh, done without the salty language of the seamen, cause that's how they used to talk right there in Snug Harbor. A lot of F-moms. Could have done without it, but hey, I understand the frustration and the anger. And the illegal aliens turned around and told their supervisors, no, don't drop us off here. First of all, we're in the middle of nowhere with nothing to do, nowhere to go. Bring us back to the Milford Plaza. Bring us to the Paramount Hotel in Times Square. Bring us to the Watson Hotel on 57th Street. We want our own hotel rooms. And they fled to this temporary victory. But I'm telling you, the epicenter of this rebel effort is Staten Island. They have not surrendered. They have not retreated. We put aside all of our past political differences. It's Democrats, Republicans working together. We are in defiance of Kathy Hochul and in defiance of Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan. You put any more facilities out there that you have on your radar screen, and we know you do because you've said everything is in play. Everything. And you will see barricades set up. You will see human blockades. You will see 18-wheel tractor trailers and trucks and vans and cars stacked up two by two, four across, and you won't be able to get anywhere near that facility. People were willing to make that sacrifice. Do you have enough police resources? Do you have enough tow trucks? Do you have enough personnel? You're already depleted. Do you really want to cross that Maginot line? In fact, the reason that I can say this is because your general who is in retreat was so good at telling people to go back to where they were from before he became mayor. Remember? Remember?
0: Go back to Iowa. You go back to Ohio. New York City belongs to the people that was here and made New York City what it is.
1: Oh, let me see. Ohio and Iowa. Iowa, where there were more pigs and people, those were mostly white hipsters and millennials. Could I hear that again, Lou? How he told these hipsters and millennials, white, to get the hell out of here.
0: Go back to Iowa. You go back to Ohio. New York City belongs to the people that was here and made New York City what it is.
1: New York City belongs to the people that are here and made this city what it was. Oh, you can tell the crackers that, but you can't tell the illegal aliens that you welcomed in as their papachulo. Chulo? Oh, yeah. Oh, you're, you're a tough guy, all right. You're not tough. You're not a street dude. And you're letting Mallorca slap you around. You're letting Joe Biden slap you around, and you haven't even responded. Well, in the words of Bill O'Reilly, up the rebels because I am the rebel leader. I understand what Curtis is doing. He wants to bring attention to the. Well, I wanted to, I, want, I, want, I wanted to ask you about that. It's important because I've gotten very close with Curtis. I did appear at two rallies with Curtis in Brooklyn last week, but you know, you and I are also extremely close. Do you think Curtis is doing the right thing? He does not, by the way, he does not encourage violence. He doesn't. Do you think he's doing the right thing? Yes. Because so, there's got to be a leader, and, you know, in, in an area with 16 million people, um, most of whom sympathize with with the position that this is insane that we don't have any money anyway here and the taxes are the highest in the nation and now we're putting billions of dollars out on people who shouldn't be here let me tell you something you heard it from bill o'reilly the historian i am the rebel leader up the rebels it's les miserables to the barricades we're going to put up the blockades we're not stopping now The politicians, ladies and gentlemen, are banking on the fact at City Hall in Albany that we won't have the fortitude to continue. I'm telling you now, the New York City Marathon starts on the Staten Island side of the Verrazano Bridge. The rebel faction has started on the Staten Island side and it will spread to all five boroughs and beyond into the suburbs and into the mid-Hudson Valley where Eric Adams is trying to shove these illegal aliens to the barricades, to the blockades. This is just one step for many to come. We're in a marathon. This isn't a sprint, ladies and gentlemen. Join me in this marathon effort to defeat those elected officials who would destroy our city, our state, and our country is the Riffin' Reed featuring Curtis Lewa. Now
0: to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a break. Yeah. You know it. We can't wait to bake. Hell yeah.
1: There's a purple haze. Off this drink, yeah, yeah. Hanging over Gotham City. People vaping, smoking blunts, spliffs, fatties. Oh my God, you go out there, secondary smoke, inhalation, you probably, well, you don't even have to worry about drug tests for the most part. You probably would fail it They'd say, oh, you've been smoking weed. Eh, still, some some jobs require that if they catch you smoking weed, if they test your urine or clip your hair and check your follicles, they'll toss you out on your tuchus. But for the vast majority, that's not a concern ever since they brought in legalized recreational use of marijuana. And it's been in New York, in New York City, a complete disaster. Look from the lips of Eric Adams. Because
0: I smell some weed. Someone is smoking. (laughs) Someone is smoking.
1: Well, that's And then, when he's trying to be serious at a press conference, he holds one a day at City Hall with an army of zombies just staring vapidly uh, out into the distance. He thought he could be cute.
0: The cannabis industry is 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 a budding uh, economy. I just realized that bud. Yeah. <laughs> Put that in here. <laughs> it's a budding economy, <laughs> and and we want to make sure. That we get it right so that we can say in the city of New York that we are to
1: join. (laughs) What a dope. As our economy is becoming unglued and crashing, the U.S. Open, as much as I hate tennis, I acknowledge it's the number one money generator of any event in the annual calendar of the city all the stars, the men and women who play tennis on center court, whether at the Louis Armstrong Center or Arthur Ashe Stadium, they're complaining that the smell of herb, the smell of weed in the air is causing them to choke, as if there was uh, smoke coming down from the Canadian uh, forest fires. God, it's even affected the trendoids, the freakasoids, the jet setters, who used to complain that a microscopic slice of quiche was $38. And now they're complaining about the purple haze. Two thousand illegal weed shops in New York City popping up every day. And all that Eric man, Eric Adams swagger man with no plan can do is giggle like a little kid who smoked his first joint of ragweed.